Have you ever had a pre-midlife crisis? No. Well, you're not even close to pre-midlife. Yeah. <laughs> but Joseph Gordon-Levitt in his latest show plays Mr. Corman, and Mr. Corman is in the middle of a pre-midlife crisis. He is having anxiety attacks. He is antsy and bored, and he's depressed. He's very depressed. Well, yeah, I see. I Which is strange. Have... What do you mean by strange? How? It's strange because Arturo is his roommate. Yeah, Arturo Castro and Logic also. Logic was his invisible roommate that we never see in the first two episodes. He's not okay. Well, this Deborah Winger. He Winger's doesn't in the exist show. in the two episodes. I don't know what you did your research on, but he's not in the show yet. Well, Deborah Winger is right. That plays Ruth Corman, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's mom. Oh yes, his mom is in the show. Yeah, he tells his mom more things than I think any child would be comfortable telling their parent. By well, the end of the first episode. How heavy does the show get? Because I've read that every do you, single... Do you remember Sex Education, where yeah. the main character's mom is like a sex therapist? Yeah. And so like she's really open Very with him. Very open about it, yeah. Yeah. He's almost too open with his mom. His mom doesn't want to hear it, though. Like, at the end of the first episode, he's really depressed. He goes on this date, and he is impotent for the date. Like, he just can't get it up. Right. Yeah. And then uh, his mom asks him how he is at the end of the day. Because he, and he's like kind of mad at her and sees like, well, I couldn't get it up. And then she's like, I'm hanging up now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's it comes across odd. I read on Rotten Tomatoes because I couldn't get a clear consensus on what people really liked or disliked. That Joseph Gordon-Levitt, although he's a good actor on the show, plays kind of like an unlikable character. Yeah, there's a fight that happens during that date. Like that's where the show really gains its identity. Because Mr. Corman is having an identity crisis. Does, this happen, failed... does this happen in the second episode or first episode? First episode. We're only talking about the first episode for now. 35-minute pilot produced by A24. Yeah. It takes it... place August 23rd, 2019 in LA. Is it experimental at all? He's a fifth grade teacher and it's experimental and like random smash cuts to him flying with a bunch of sperm in a Van Gogh painting or something. Yeah, and there's musical moments, right? Um at the end of the first episode, he plays the piano a bit. And then in the second episode, there's a bit of a stomp moment where people are breathing. Do you remember in The Circle, Brian, the guy yeah. who was eliminated? Yeah. He became like a breathing instructor. Right, yeah. That was like his own entire role in the first episode. Yeah. So because Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, Mr. Corman, is having these anxiety attacks all throughout the second episode and nothing seems to help, he goes to a kind of free slash pay what you want um, class at the very end where it's just kind of a bunch of people who are not exactly like they they don't have medical insurance or something and so they're kind of just attending a yoga class and slash therapy session and then they all go through like this breathing exercise where it's like <gasps> and they that turns into music because they're all doing it at the same time and it kind of becomes a beat does, so does, that's how it closes out but does he like actually start singing or is it just uh, kind does of he start beat? singing during the like this is taking place in a real world so if he just started singing, it would be odd. Well, the thing is, is that like Joseph Gordon-Levitt did write the spec script and it was a lot more grounded in reality. But then he went to Ryan Johnson, who directed Knives Out and Looper, which are both things that Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in. I think he was in a background cameo for Knives Out. But Same when, with Looper. He was a background character. No, <laughs> main character. But when he gave Ryan Johnson the spec script, Ryan Johnson no, Bruce was Bruce Willis like, was the main character. No, when Ryan Johnson uh, looked at it, he was like, yeah, this is a good script, but I know you and I think what you would probably like to do is you would like to have some more surreal moments and probably want to put some music in there so that's where joseph gordon levitt came up with the idea and from the reviews i was reading it sounded like it just turns into wakefield like people start singing like schmigadoon <laughs> like if you paid attention to his hit record company the like where you log it's sort of like youtube but fans go in there and they're able to produce their own content and it's like really artsy yeah he talked about it on the mark Marin podcast yes but that's basically what the show sort of 
combines itself with sometimes. But then you have scenes like uh, his date, which I think was the most effectively entertaining scene, but also like the most drastic because after he finds out he can't get an erection, the girl asks if he just wants to stay and hang out. And he says, no, I just want to leave. And then she feels like he's used her in a way. Yeah. And she gets really pissed off. And then she's like, the only people who become teachers are people who wanted to do something else with their hands. So that's where where the line. It was such like a mean thing to say. But then his response was even meaner. He said something along the lines like, like, can I ask you a question? When were you, when you were a young girl, did you always know that you were going to die alone? It was like, Wow. Well, he, he wanted to put that <laughs> the back and forth between that interaction. I would have almost enjoyed more of it because it was just so like Way zero to, to 60, yeah. zero to 60 in like two seconds. I just everyone love it. Wanted to put that scene in there because he, this is supposed to kind of be, it's a realistic date for him, right? Well, no, obviously he's no. married now two kids. He has two kids. Yeah. I remember when inception came out, one of my teachers who was like, older older she was like he's 25 years old yeah he's <laughs> no, like she was she 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 liked what he looked like in like inception and so she looked him up and she's like oh my god he's only 25 yeah he's in his mid-30s now well he'd, but, be, he'd be closer to 40 right well yeah but this is like his return to tv like he credits apple a lot with the fact that his he, return to tv since he was like 13 years old yeah because he even explained on the mark Maron podcast he went through like a, a he had a acting coach that he really admired. Apparently, what the acting coach would do is... Um, Leonardo DiCaprio. No, no. When he was seven, I think the acting coach went by the name Kevin McDermott. He would make... Uh, Not any relation to no, Dylan? No. Okay. <laughs> no. But he would make the people that he was like coaching come up with a character. And no matter what, that character would have to end up in juvenile detention centers. And so they would spend weeks creating this character. And then Sounds after... Sounds like a D&D thing. After they like finally got a good hold of the character, he would bring in a friend of his who actually worked at juvenile detention centers and then they would never break character and that's kind of joseph gordon levitt brings that to every single role he said like he that's always kind of an exercise that he does because he feels like it comes off really effective that way what's that got to do with this character well this is supposed to be a change of pace for him this is like if his life it's going not. in a different way it's not <laughs> he said it's, this is this like is a, like a classic joseph gordon levitt role well he said that this is supposed to be like kind of if he wasn't as a successful actor this is probably what he'd be doing i think a change of pace role for him was like don john where he was playing to trying to play like this cool uh like jock guy yeah, well, kind of was like addicted to porn, right? That was his whole deal. Yeah, but like with Don John, he said himself that like he was the main character and that you were supposed to kind of feel sympathy for him. This is supposed to kind of blur the lines. This, a this bit is more. sort of like a Flatbush misdemeanors. I think that's mm-hmm. the one that I'll probably be compared to the most because it also deals with a teacher. The main character in that also has sort of an identity crisis that's going on. Like, but his is much more extreme because his like stepdad is that one drug dealer guy, and his best friend is like a lot more. Or is a lot worse off than like Arturo was. Right, yeah. And I feel like he was almost homeless. He almost died, I think, in that first episode of Flatbush Misdemeanor. So that one felt a a lot more like pressing as far as the comedy was a lot more gritty. This is more, uh, I won't say polished because there are those random like smash cuts to strange things happening. Also, there's a ghost. There's a Sons of Anarchy ghost, <laughs> like a homeless lady, remember, from yeah, Sons of yeah, Anarchy? Yeah. But this is a guy that he sees. I think it might be his dad, like Jack's dad and Lost. He keeps on 
there was like a lens flare and he sees that person and he starts to follow them well what he said was that like he he like both his parents growing up but in the show he wanted to make it where one parent was really good to him and then the other one wasn't yeah he's still in contact with his mom he talks to her all the time he picks her up in the first episode he literally was bored out of his mind in the first episode looking for things to do that's why he ended up going to the bar and picking up the girl in the second episode he couldn't even get make it to work before having sort of like a he, he saw a meteor coming down to earth and he called out sick because he was he was imagining things and so, then he had like panic attacks so does the, the parts where it's grounded in reality are those better than the dream sequences like do you feel a need for them at all do i feel a need for what the dream sequences or the dream the, sequences um no not necessarily like they just add another dynamic to it but overall the show is sort of a mental health thing where you just look at it and you're like can you put yourself into this character and the year that we've gone through because he's almost desocialized not because of the pandemic but just because his life has kind of he wasn't successful as a musician you can tell he still wants to do that sort of but at the same time like he doesn't he hasn't shown the talent for it yet so i assume the show will go in the direction of him becoming sort of a musician again and trying that and then finding some success because otherwise it's going to be a downer of a show however so many shows have sort of treaded in that same path where uh, you start off as like they're not following their dreams, then they follow their dreams, and then something good happens. You well, know? you mentioned Flatbush Misdemeanors, and if you remember when we bought that show, we talked about Atlanta, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt said here that his favorite shows right now that he kind of tried to mirror were Atlanta and Fleabag for their format and deep character development while portraying real life well and not sticking to a linear plot. And it mm-hmm. feels like I can see it. It feels like here, does it just go in a ton of separate different directions? Yeah, there's a bunch of different small talk conversations that they have between different characters um where he's like on the phone with the medical insurance people arguing and he's really mean to them like the way he speaks to people whose job is really just reading a script right um, yeah he can be really short with them with the excuse that he's having a panic attack but at the same time stop being a jerk to just people on the phone you know well, the first two episodes have gotten mixed reviews. It has a 6.7 on IMDb with a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. I say it before, there isn't one element of the show that it seems like every review can agree on that was either bad or good. It just kind of Do says, people see it as more of a comedy or do they see it as just a guy in a rut? They see it as a dramedy. But the thing is, is that Joseph Gordon-Levitt tried very hard to not make it self-referential. He said it's a little himself, eternal sunshiny. Well, yeah, I mean, like, it's it's supposed to be, but do you see... But I mean, the main character is sort of a kind of depressed the way that Jim Carrey's character was, because he, he is out of a relationship, but he hasn't been in a relationship with the same girl in a year, but they kept on referencing it, like, that was a big deal when they broke up. Well, how, like... How... Like, one of his friends asked him, like, the reason why they originally stopped hanging out was it because she didn't like him, and it was... I don't, yeah. I don't know why this makes that big of a difference, but it's clear that they're, like, they're trying to create a character, give him levels of depth that later on we'll be able to see more of. So if you had to say, what exactly is the message of the show? The message? Yeah. Like, you, it, I've read it everywhere that like it's having a message. Some people are saying it's kind of hard to find, though. I, I mean, there's several, I guess. One is sort of a uh, look at how society kind of doesn't tri- you know i read this weird reddit post the other day about how there was this guy who was in his 30s and how some kids kicked a soccer ball over to it this was in the middle of the pandemic um and so like some kids kicked everybody was staying home he's at his apartment place by right, the way yeah. joseph gordon lovett's character stays in a pink apartment and it looks sort of like the one from um florida project whatever, whatever that thing was yeah called. well that you're talking about the hotel yes right, yeah. um but yeah so there's this 30 year old guy and the 
kick a ball over to him and he, he just picks it up and he kicks it back right, right and they're like yeah. oh man you kicked it back like they were happy about it mm -hmm. and then he uh, they asked him to come play with them and then he was like i don't think that would be a good idea because like obviously right, that yeah. would just look weird but then the mom was within earshot and she was like it's fine i, I see you here all the time like come play with and now every week that guy and those kids like he, he would look forward to it and so would they they'd come knocking on his door and he'd go play like soccer with them for a good hour I mean, and the mom wholesome. would make them like dinner yeah. and stuff um including him and he just felt a part of something and the reason i bring that up is because like the main the main message in that is that like people as they age if they don't have like a ton of friends or anything that they can hang out with they feel kind of lonely and i feel like he is feeling sort of lonely like his life doesn't and yeah he has arturo but at one point in the first or second episode arturo is literally like trying to put a blanket over him and then be on that blanket why <laughs> because it's supposed to be like a safety thing it's when he's panicking so it's in the second episode oh, okay but it's just so like he's he's lacking intimacy in a way but also he just feels inadequate like he's not where he should be with his life and because he's like pushing 40 and he's sort of that age in the show like 35 ish i just mm -hmm. say yeah um it just translates over that so if there's a message i would say it's mostly to do with that loneliness factor and how when people age if they don't have like a big network of people that they can lean on they're going to feel that way and that's just a representative representation of like everybody well all the reviews say that that message kind of comes in later episodes um you said that it takes Wait, place that in... message the one i just said like, like did they a... use the example i used well, that no, would be they, they don't say reddit but they kind of say that it becomes you understand why the show is made maybe not in the first two episodes but by the very he end also goes on to bumble <laughs> he uses bumble yeah that, so like is arturo castro because you mentioned is he like the comic relief or is he just supposed to be yeah know, he's, the character? He's, a, he's trying to help him out as much as possible like when he sees that um joseph gordon levitt is not doing well mr corman's not doing well he uh he's trying to solve it for him he's going through the suggestions he's like have you tried google have you tried this and that's where they bring up the weighted blanket thing which ends up costing like hundreds of dollars so they don't do it and he's like i can make a weighted blanket and so he just puts a blanket over him and then sleeps on him <laughs> So like overall, did you did you like the show? Like, what would you give a one out of ten? Six. Uh, nothing super special. I've seen the main character of plenty of shows kind of go through mental anxiety attacks, uh, trying to question whether or not they're schizophrenic. Um, to the extreme where you have like Mr. Robot, to like kind of the ditzy where you have people busting out into song all the time, and and what would the extraordinary playlist thing. Um, so yeah, it, this this doesn't feel like it's a very new idea. It just feels like it's the Apple version of it. Well, yeah, I mean, Joseph Gordon-Levitt said that the origins of the show came when he was kind of looking at his journals in 2015 and realized that he's definitely thankful for what he has, but he wasn't happy 100% of the time. So I felt like that was a good way for him. This is the show was like a good way for him to kind of explain that to himself a little bit. His dad is also a jerk, like because he apparently opened a credit card in his name and is is in debt. So it reminds me of what was that other show that we saw pretty recently? The one where the dad screws over his kid played by Adam Brody. Startup, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So the, the basically what you said earlier, where one of the parents is a good parent and the other one is kind of are just you, are, still screwing him over. Are you sure the dad's dead? No, I never said he was dead. Oh, well, you said I that said that Jack's dead. dad was dead and lost, right, yeah. which he was. But then he came back to life. But the, then he was dead again. 
They, they <laughs> shot the first uh, like three episodes in Los Angeles and then was halted due to COVID. And then they actually went down to New Zealand. And I was I thought it was funny because actually Joseph Gordon-Levitt, once they finished the show, never left New Zealand. Like even when he was doing the Mark Maron podcast up to until August second, he was saying how because he's he still couldn't there. or because he just likes. I, th- it, I think he just likes. He just there, like surfs but he up said the waves. He, was, yeah. <laughs> he said that when he was searching the show, we spoke to a lot of neuropsychologists and doctors to mm-hmm. kind of really get into the. There's mindset. the Wakefield connection mm-hmm. I'm seeing with it. Not only New Zealand, but also it wasn't that Australia. I think it was Australian. Yeah, yeah. But like, and I in our 200th episode, I said that it was New, like it was from New Zealand. So <laughs> if anybody listens to that and gets really pissed off, <laughs> I completely get it. Like they're they're at war with each other. Well, AV Club said. <laughs> said um it the kangaroos it. versus the what are they the kiwis i don't know go ahead uh they gave it a b plus they said mr corman has a few missteps most notably an episode that tries to take on bureaucracy of insurance companies does that happen at all in this episode i said the medical insurance he gets mad at the person on the phone as if they represent all medical insurance right. yeah. like they're literally just trying to do their job at probably minimum wage and he's trying to argue the merits of like this and and you know that he's like a hollywood actor who did probably could afford without medical insurance most of the drugs that are out there in the u.s <laughs> and then the guardian gave it three out of five stars said mr corman then is a show that resists immediacy but rewards patience is this like a slow three one? out of five is the same as a six out of ten so they agree yeah. with me basically and then decider said levitt created mr corman it's how he might imagine himself at 40 if he didn't get breaks in show business but here's the thing about the vision we're not sure if we want to see it or if we care about josh and his sad sack view of life that being said we enjoyed- i haven't seen his talent yet because in the end of the first episode he's like fiddling around on the piano you hear it over the end credits but he doesn't play anything that amazing it's just a few notes so when you see joseph gordon levitt that he doesn't really like you don't see him attach himself to the role like you never really got lost in his no it's not that he's not trying he's you could tell he's trying he's doing the best job he could but it's whether or not the script has enough oomph right. to make it worth exactly. it yeah so like that that's the thing it's like if you're going to make a flatbush misdemeanors type of show then Hey, if you're and you're also going to set it in L.A., mm-hmm. it's not the first time that a, a show has decided to take its a look at the industry and, and point it yeah, right, a and magnifying point glass at itself almost. Right. But I did sort of enjoy some of the conversations that he had, um, the down to earth conversations. At one point, he's trying to get drugs from one of his friends who also had anxiety, and that friend is trying to like push him away towards that and get him to just smoke weed. For some reason, he's sober. So he doesn't drink at all, but he's okay smoking a cigarette. Well, I think I think that's just because he literally has to do something in order to help his anxiety, right? No, this was in the first episode. He goes on a smoking break with the uh, girl that he wants to date, but he doesn't drink at all. And it, I think maybe that's because of his dad in the show. Well, yeah, yeah that it, probably it's, it's makes sense. To be, yeah. yeah. So okay, so overall, just basically, it's just a guy in a rut. If you want to go watch a guy in a rut who is a teacher to fifth grade, in the first scene, I thought it was possible that it was going to take the root of um, what? What is that Lin Manuel Miranda movie, the new one that came out? In the Heights. In the Heights, where at the beginning he's talking to a bunch of kids, and then he goes into and breaks into a story. Like that's the vibe I was getting at the very <laughs> beginning that he was going to like that the kids were going to make him tell a story. You know, yeah. So he that's not what happened. <laughs> that's not so what happened like, at all. Okay. Yeah. So I was a little disappointed. I I, I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt in most of the things well, he you does. Through I like Apple. A twenty four has produced some great films right, in the past. Yeah. Um, right. Well, like, well, yeah. Well, they did like stuff like Midsummer and also The Disaster Artist. They've done a ton of stuff. They coming did The Disaster have, Artist. Yeah. Okay. Coming out, they have that Lamb movie. It looks really odd. Okay. Yeah. They do weird <laughs> movies and stuff. So this is a weird. 
Well, um, it was supposed to be like Sundance attempt. 90. It was supposed to be like Sundance 90 films because that's what Joseph Gordon-Levitt said that he was trying to also make a love letter to because that's what he watched growing up. It was supposed to give you a 90s vibe nostalgia. 90s vibe, though it takes place in 2019. Yeah. I wonder how many more shows can get away with it just pre- pretending COVID didn't exist. Well, <laughs> like, like how many more are we going to get where it's just like an alternate reality? Because the longer that COVID stays around, the less realistic it well, becomes. Well, the thing is they, they shot it before COVID and wrote all the scripts. And by the very end, they were COVID did happen and they decided to put it in there. But that happens at the very end of the oh, season. Okay. Like they even revamped a full Yeah, I'm glad you told me that. That doesn't ruin too much or anything. That's that's fine. Well, I can understand with like the tone of the show they're kind of saying. It seems like COVID might have happened during that time. Just yeah, so I look forward to that. I look forward to Logic showing up, I guess. Yeah, you say his name is Dax. If we saw him, I don't remember it. And I watched the first two episodes, given it was like a couple days ago. But still, I I thought I wrote down pretty decent notes. Yeah, there's supposed to be ten episodes in all. Well, if you're looking for something to watch, and there there are worse things. Like Mm. if you enjoy Joseph Gordon-Levitt, if you're just a big fan since Five Hundred Days of Summer or something, you'll like this. It's a TV fourteen. Uh, yeah, it's M.A. actually, I think. Oh, M.A., okay. So it is like Fatbush misdemeanors in that Yeah, because there's this scene when he comes back from the date and he's just dry-humping this girl and literally they're Jeez. just... Well, it's not like in any sexual way. It's like Smelf, if you've ever seen that. or it like, <laughs> it's, it's basically meant to be awkward sex, sort of, but definitely, like, we're going to show it a little bit. Right. Just nothing nude, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was that an awkward happens, scene to watch. Wait, doesn't that happen in Don John also? Yeah, but in Don John, I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be like sexy, right? I don't know. I don't remember the movie very well. <laughs> I think it's just it was a long time ago. Both of them are just supposed to put the viewer in an awkward situation. So. Also, he's he wrote this, right? Yeah, he wrote. So he wrote himself into a sex scene. Yeah, just like Don John. <laughs> okay. All right, and that's where we'll leave it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.